Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi there, friend, and welcome to episode 88 of the Still Space podcast. How a year in review of your career in life helps you change course. This is part one of a two-part podcast. The rest of the podcast will appear next week. So we will continue the conversation in a week. And we're going to go through some very interesting questions today that are going to help you reflect on the past year, can be done at any time during the year, and position yourself for what it is that you truly want in the coming year. Would you go on a vacation without a map? Would you go on a trip to a place you've never been before without a map? Not likely. Yet we start new years, career roles, jobs, relationships, and more blindly without the tools to make our time and energy investment count. Then we end the year in the same place with the same doubts and confusion and wonder what is wrong with us. We internalize it. Nothing at all is wrong with you. In this episode, I'm going to show you how to ask yourself a series of questions that will help you uncover clarity so that you can make the shifts necessary to actually have the life you want. Not a life by default, but one with intention and with purpose. And in the show notes, I'm going to leave a link to a special tool that I give my clients. It's a career and life planning tool, and it goes into succinctly the types of things that we're going to touch on today so that you can dig more deeply Take a deep dive and go down and explore all of these areas so that you have something really tangible to hold on to. So why is this important? Why do I take my clients through this every year? And they sort of push back, oh, I don't really want to do it. It's time consuming. This is not time consuming because I'm going to show you the shortcut way to do it today. But sometimes people don't want to look back because they aren't ready to look at some of the patterns in their own choices that are self-sabotaging their success, their personal relationships, their connections with others, them prioritizing their self-care, etc., whatever it is. These questions that I'm going to ask you right now are intended to help you find clarity no shame in them, no judgment. This is the still space. This is where we can say and think 
honestly and authentically without any judgment, without any shame, without worrying what anybody else would think, and certainly not implying judgment from our own perspective on the answers to these. They are just what is. You're a fly on the wall observing yourself like you would be watching a movie or a play or a television show. So the very first question that I want to ask you, and I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about it so that you can, because I realize most of you are either listening to this in your car or while you're doing something else, so you're not going to sit down and write the answers to these. So it's okay. Just come with top of mind as to how you would answer these questions. And the first one is, when, when, not what, when, have I learned the most this year? The reason why that's a when question is because when did you allow yourself to be in a space where you could take something in and it changed your perspective? Was that sitting quietly somewhere? Was that after you had just had a very difficult conflict with somebody, argument with somebody? Was that while you were laughing at something? When have you learned the most this year? So I'll give you an example of how this applies to my life to to help give you a few minutes to think about this. So when I think about when have I learned the most this year, It was when I did this review for myself. And I spent last year really digging deeply into how am I bringing value to my clients? Am I bringing value to my clients? What is it that I do that brings value to my clients? Is it making sense? And when I started the year, I had not gone through these questions. And so I got on a quest of following some people and watching what they're doing and copying what they were doing. And it wasn't working for me. And I was extremely frustrated in my messaging. And I set all of that aside when I went through this exercise for myself at the end of last year, and I realized that I wasn't playing to my truth, and my truth is within me, not externally, not what other people are doing in their leadership and in their lives. And I set all of that aside, and when I could set what every shiny object that was out there aside and went into myself, And I started reflecting on testimonials people have written for me, uh, comments that have been written about me, podcasts where I've been guests, articles that have been written about me. I realized that it really doesn't matter externally what I'm seeing other people do. What matters is how I'm changing lives of the people I serve. And then I started to quantify that. And I looked at all of the people that I had helped and didn't realize that I had the biggest year of my entire profession last year. But I wasn't seeing or feeling that because I was doubting myself. And 
that spurred me to really solidify my processes, to go in and change a lot of the materials in my program to make it much more linear for critical thinkers. And at this point, I have a, a waiting list. I can't get to all the clients that are on my list because I have just a short amount of time to coach every day because I work as a CEO of a, a hospital foundation in another profession. So when did I come to that clearing? It was when I did this year in review because the when for me was when I could finally and had to. I forced myself to reflect on what was working and what didn't. And a tool like this, and the link is in the comments again for a more extensive tool than the questions I'm going to ask you now, is extremely helpful. So you're busy and you're thinking through these questions as we're going along, and that's fine because I have another one for you. And the second question is, what am I most proud of? What are you most proud of? Was it when somebody came to you and said, you really helped me? I don't know how if I could have done this without you. Was it something one of your children said to you or your partner? Was it something a direct report said to you or a boss? What are you most proud of over the last year? And the reason why this is important is because it shows you what really resonates deeply with you and your values. It underscores your values so that you can walk in alignment with those values. So if it was a boss that said something to you, what exactly did that person say? Was it that you were collaborative? Was it that you were timely? Was it that you beat the odds on something? And that indicates to you that there is a zone of your genius. There is a zone that resonates with you and move into that zone when you have questions or are experiencing conflict or can't figure things out because there's too much chaos in the room. Go to that zone of genius. When I think of what I'm most proud of, it was one of one of my kiddos came to me, and my children are adult children, they're working professionally, and we're in the process of moving, so I'm packing up a lot of things and giving them to the children, and one of them was a photo album of me and my children's father, my first husband, when I was much younger, and I didn't have a, a purpose to keep that, so I gave it to one of my children. And she looked through it, and she the next time she saw me, she gave me a big hug with tears in her eyes and said, Mom, these pictures of you are at the age that I am right now, and I, I don't think I ever realized how difficult that was for you until I could see you as my age. I want to tell you how much I appreciate everything that you went through, how hard that must have been for you to be a single mom of the four of us and everything that you were doing and trying to support us. She said, thank you. I don't think I ever saw it the same way until I saw in your eyes the innocence and the excitement and the pride you had in your children and all that you were doing for us. So why does that make me proud? Yes, it touched me emotionally very deeply, but it make, made me proud 
to know that while I was going through a difficult time, and many of you are and or have been going through difficult times, you think that no one is seeing your leadership, you think that no one is noticing what you're doing, I guarantee you, even if they're not saying it, they are. And you know, my children were very young at the time when I was going through this, but there's still an impression there. So if you're parenting young children, trust me, how you conduct yourself does matter and it is realized and it sets the example for how the people close to you might adopt the same strategies to deal with stress or conflict or fatigue or exhaustion or whatever it is in their own lives. So again, question number two is, What are you most proud of? Number three, who has helped me be at my best? This would be your sage advisor. This would be someone who you can be yourself with, but also will challenge you when you're not at your best to pull you back into your authenticity. Quite frankly, this is a very difficult question for me because I have had to rely on myself since I was a very young girl to reconcile everything internally. I didn't have a confidant. I was one of two children in my household and my brother uh, was a boy and, you know, was off doing his own thing. Although we were a close family, there wasn't a lot of uh, feelings discussion going on in my home. How do you feel? Did that person hurt your feelings? You know, they're just, that just wasn't going on. And my mom was, you know, she had her own issues from her own upbringing. So I didn't have anybody that I could lean on and talk to. So knowing that, I grew up extremely independent and relying on myself. Now, as I got older, I could realize that that was not helpful and I needed to break down the guard and some of the barriers I had built up around me, which is part of the reason why I coach people because I see that very commonly in leaders. People with this demographic become very successful leaders because they know how to move forward and they know how to take risks and they achieve things. But when it comes to interpersonal relationships, they don't necessarily connect. They don't have the Uh, wherewithal to be vulnerable, to show the soft side because they're always so focused on what needs to be done. So when I think about who helps me to be at my best, you know, I'm I'm married. I have a wonderful husband. My husband is a German national. Um, That is a demographic that is not the most touchy-feely when it comes to talking about how you feel That's just not one of his strengths. But what I've learned from him is to look at myself through his intuition. And that is a skill that he does have. So he will say to me what he sees in me, and that is extremely helpful. And it pulls me to call myself to a higher level. But even considering that, uh, is that really... Who calls me to be my best? Not really. And I think the answer I'm going to give you is an okay answer if this applies to you too. The truth is for me, I 
call me to be at my best. I work at it every single day. And when I say me, that means I know that I need to track my mindful daily practices so that I allow space for wisdom to come through. I know my tendencies and I know my strengths. And if I take my strengths and allow myself the still space to reflect on what I might be glossing over because I spent a childhood and part of a lifetime doing that, I can see what I've missed. I have an innate ability to see this in other people, which is what's drawn me to coaching and why I have a strong following because I know it's a gift. I can feel that it's a God-given gift. I can't see the future, but I can very much see this in other people. But what I've learned and trained myself to do is to allow myself this still space to see it in myself. So I think it's okay if it's you who calls you to be your best. Question number four, how have my strengths helped me succeed? And I work with people to truly understand what your strengths are. We take assessments, we talk about them, because if you don't know what you're good at, you can't answer the question, why me, why now, and walk into a space where you feel and demonstrate value in whatever situation you are. The number one reason why people leave their jobs these days, especially for women, is that they don't feel valued. It used to be they didn't like their boss, and there's a lot of data that shows other things. But number one right now is they don't feel valued. If you don't know what your strengths are, it's very difficult to feel valued. Even in a relationship, even in a conversation, even speaking up at a meeting, where do you bring value? What is the strength that you bring forward so that you can judge whether or not you need to be at that meeting? I have clients who will say to me, I have so many meetings to go to. It's okay to draw a healthy boundary when you know your value and can say, you know, I don't see how I can bring any value there, but if you need me to take on something that comes out of that meeting, I'm happy to do that. Circle back with me. What are your strengths? What are the things that people come to you and ask you for advice on or ask you to do or want your help with? Know the power of your strengths. Walk in a space where you know the value that you're bringing and you weigh in with certainty. You weigh in with confidence. You carry yourself body language wise, tone of voice, cadence of voice as someone who knows what they're speaking of, even if it's to ask a question because the Socratic method is often most powerful. Instead of telling people what they're missing, asking them the question, what's another way you might want to look at that? What might we have missed in that assumption? My biggest strength is one of discernment. I'm extremely strategic. I'm a very succinct, critical thinker, and I'm extremely intuitive. So that discernment serves me. I can watch a situation unfold. I'm usually the last person in the room to speak, and it's usually with a question because I take everything in, and then I see where the gaps are, and I start trying to fill them, not by condescending to people, but helping them realize where those gaps are themselves. Usually, I am the front runner and pushing 
something to be done that hasn't been tried before, that's very risky, that we might fail at, but I have such a track record of being able to accomplish those that I've earned the respect that people trust me. That is what you want to do in your work, is be an over-deliverer. Get stuff done. No matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, you have to respect career advice that comes from a president. Barack Obama will tell you, I don't care what you do in your career, be known for getting stuff done. I think that's perfect advice because stuff done means measurable. Be tied to something that matters in the industry ties to the bottom line, retains employees, engages employees, and measure the results of that. Question number five. What's one thing I wish I'd done differently? Ooh, this one stings a little. You have to sort of say, oh, yep, I didn't do that very well. I don't really want to face that, but yep, I didn't do that very well. Or I might have involved more people in doing it. Or I might not have had this person involved. Or I would have shown up differently. What is something that you wish you had done differently? It could be personal life. It could be career. I mean, something stands out to me in my own personal life. Um, I remember I was saying goodbye to my daughter at an airport. And we were talking about something. And somehow I got off on a tangent um, about somebody in our family. And she said, why do you have to do that? And the minute she said that, I was thinking the same thing. Why did I say that? Yes, that thought dances around in my head, but why did I say that? Wasn't necessary, didn't change anything, but that was my ego rising up and saying, I needed to be validated here. This person was very unkind to me. doesn't go anywhere with people who don't want to see things that they don't want to see. So I think it's really important to be able to look at the things that we do, the things that we've done that we regret, and allow ourselves to regret them. Regret is not a bad thing unless you get stuck there and can't move on. Now, if you're beating yourself up and saying, I can't believe I keep doing this. Why do I keep doing this? That's not mindful. That's not in the still space. That's external. That's blaming and judging. Yeah, I do that sometimes. Interrupt that pattern. Yeah, I do that sometimes. That's just me doing my whatever thing that I do. So what is one thing you wish you'd done differently and can give yourself the grace to accept that you were doing the best you could at the time, but it isn't the best that you can do or the best that you can be. Okay, question number six. What three words describe your past year? Give yourself a few seconds to think about that. It might be glad it's over. Um, But there are other ways of looking at that. Yes, it's over. But I am learning could be three words. I let go could be three words. Didn't let go could be the three words. Sometimes people will say can't let go. Can't is more victimizing. I think didn't. 
You didn't have the tools, the wherewithal to let go. Those three words could be accept myself now, retooled my career, retooled my value, up-leveled my relevance, laughed at myself. It's a journey. I am discovering. I believe again, found my way. What are three words that you want to remember that encapsulate your last year? My clients every year pick one word that they focus on for the year in front of them. I have them write this down and put it in a picture frame on their desk and next to their nightstand. And that's because every day we need something to remind us of what our intention is and what we committed to. And I have a frame on both my desk and next to my nightstand with at least 10 of those in that frame from previous years. So I don't take the one out from the year before. I just keep putting them in. And every year when I change the word, I reflect back on my growth by looking at all those words and what I accomplished during those years. So my word for this year is believe, because I think last year I spent some time doubting the truth of my value of my processes in both my professional role and in my coaching practice so much that I just went off on tangents chasing shining objects. And when I get back to the solidified nature of what I do, I'm completely grounded. I am completely well followed and serving many, many people more than I can get to. So I think I lost my way a little bit last year, but what that taught me was how I wanted to retool some of my processes and the way that I help people such that it was a little bit more linear. And it's paid off. I'm more grounded. They're more grounded. There are more of them. And I feel really good about that. So, you know, I think we go through developmental changes in our lives and sometimes we get off track and exercises like this help you reflect on that and allow for that to be the case such that when you can stand back and look at yourself and not judge yourself but grow from it that's freedom that's being able and willing and very much on top of looking at yourself with total acceptance, because self-acceptance is the home run. That's everything. We want to build your self-awareness, your ability to self-regulate in the moment. That's where you don't overreact or withdraw or say something that is not you at your best or do something that you regret later. We want you to self-regulate so that your highest self, your executive presence comes forward. And so does then your self-acceptance. And you know somebody that has great confidence. They speak with authority. They speak with certainty. And we want that for you. So again, what are your three words that sum up last year? For me, it's I believe again. And is there one word that you want to carry forward in the coming year? I am going to end here for today. And we're going to pick up the rest of this list next week. This gives you time to process Even write down some of the thoughts that you have after listening to this podcast today. And we will continue this discussion in part two next week. 
Hey there. I want you to know if you're struggling in your career or in a certain work situation or personal situation, you don't have to go on that way. I'm here to help you. Go on over to my website, maryleegannon.com, and you will see all kinds of free tools and information there, a career plan, a checklist, a mini course, all types of things that will show you how to get back to you at your best. And there's information there on working with me, because I'm quite certain that you don't need one more thing to be more effective or happier. You don't need another course or another book or another degree or another mentor, advocate, or sponsor. We need to get out of the way all of the smoke and mirrors that are shadowing you from who you are when you don't carry around all of that doubt that is hovering over you coming through and shining with the presence, with the value, with the persona that is noticed and respected, revered, and paid within your organization. So head on over to my website, pick up any of the free information that is there. If you want to talk to me, click on a consultation with me, and I'm happy to get on the phone with you and see if there's something that I can do to help you. Either way, I'm here for you because success is freedom, not more hours. I'm glad you were with me today, and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me.